Father, once again, we do thank you for your word. We ask again, Father, that the word of the Lord would gain entrance into our spirits, that we would really comprehend the truths of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, this is hour number eight then on the, on the, on the course, which side of Calvary? Just let me start reading real quickly on the bottom of page 16, which is still lesson six, but we're going to go through all of them. I've got here point B, the tension that's between liberty and license. The tension that's between liberty and license. Now, again, in Romans, Paul speaks about this thing, as we just said, that a lot of people think that when we begin to speak or teach about the depths and the heights and the lengths and the breadth of the love of God and this grace to us, that it basically is declaring that they have a freedom or liberty to do anything they want. And of course, that's what he said, that they're, it, it, it's not that at all. He said, shall we continue in sin? The grace may abound, God forbid. He said, God forbid, God forbid that you have that kind of mentality, that you're thinking that because of this incredible, huge amount of grace that's come to us, undeserved, unmerited favor, that now you have the freedom to do anything you want. License leads to excess and extremes. This is part and parcel of church history where people have got off. This is where cults come from. See, this is again why I've said from the beginning, I'm well, well aware. And again, if you read like again, Chuck Swindoll's book on the Grace Awakening, or you read Martin Lloyd-Jones' entire dissertation on the book of Romans, or a lot of other writers, they all say the same thing. It is a very difficult thing sometimes to communicate this because of the people that have abused it. And this is where, like, cults do come from, like the famous Jim Jones cult, you know, when they're guys that all wound up drinking Kool-Aid and dying. Jim Jones uh, was a teacher that was part I'm told, I had a friend who, who knew Jim Jones, and they said he was one of the finest Bible teachers that they'd ever heard in their life. But you see, this Word of God, this is what I mean, why you have to, I don't know if I've shared this with yourselves or whatever, but I why you have to have what I call a violent, a violent and an aggressive accountability with others. I, I, like I said, I've got between myself and Doug Williams and Paul Cole and a couple of others, I really do this. I don't just say this joke. And I go to these people constantly and ask them, you know, what's, what's stupid about my life now? What's, you know, we, we held each other accountable. And where there's no accountability, people will get off into excess, like I said. And again, sometimes people that have great giftings like this Jim Jones, they become, they're so charismatic, people love the way they communicate so well that people just flock to them. And, and what happens, it's like the Samson principle in Judges 14, 15, and 16. Remember Samson, it's one of the most frightening things to me in all of Scripture. When you read how the Bible says in the Old Testament, remember that the Holy Spirit was never inside. And in other words, the Holy Spirit, like today, all of us are filled with the Holy Spirit uh, that are born again. I mean, God's Spirit comes to live in each of us as believers. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit only came upon the prophet, the priest, or the king. Now, so when you look at the life of Samson, it says categorically that all these great feats of strength happened when the Spirit of God came upon him, right? In other words, they weren't na he couldn't do these things of the natural. So whether he, the idea of catching the foxes, tying them by tails, and setting them on fire, and or when he went up and took the two huge city's gates on his shoulders and carried them up the hill. These were all supernatural acts of God's Spirit, God's Spirit being upon him. But like, I, I, and again, forgive me if I'm being repetitious again with you guys. I don't remember because I shared this somewhere. I was preaching the last few weeks or it came up. But you know, when you look in Judges 16, the whole thing about Samson and Delilah, I always remember all those years ago being uh, 
really have my theology shaken about the fact that when he's, he's basically, Delilah's a harlot. You know, if you read the story of Samson, Samson, Samson had no, I mean, you know, he was disobedient to his parents and his parents said, why don't you take a wife from one of our own tribes? And no, no, I want her. I'm going to have her. I'm going to have whoever I want. He was really whatever. Samson was a burk. You know? But anyhow, but he was a judge in Israel. But Samson begins to, you know, he gets infatuated with Delilah. And the Bible says Delilah's a harlot. And it says that he's with her. And remember, he's in bed with her. And Delilah makes a pact with the Philistines and to find out the secret of his strength, remember, or the secret of his consecration. When I teach this message, I call it the theft of consecration when I teach it in a conference. But the point is, Samson is with her, and remember, and Delilah like is a type of, and the Philistines are all type of, types of what's called satanic emissaries. In other words, those who would try to steal the secret of our consecration because your strength comes from your place of consecration. And everybody needs a place of consecration. With him, it was this thing about his hair, this Nazarite vow. And it wasn't that there's strength in that. The strength is when there's a consecration in your life. Anyhow, Delilah says, Samson, you know, let me race to it real quick. Samson, 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 tell me the secret of your strength. Tell me the secret of your strength, you know. And Samson says, well, for example, if you, he said, if you tie my arms together with fresh bowstring, that's never been, he said, uh, oiled, I forget what it is, never been, whatever. He said, then, he said, then, then my strength will go from me. And so he's in bed with her. She does this. And then she goes, Samson, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And Samson goes, and snaps these things like toastering and says, and bada boom, bada boom, does his thing. The next time he, she says, Samson, Samson, tell me the secret of your strength. And he said, well, if you'll do this, if you'll braid my hair or whatever, it gets closer towards the end if you'll braid my hair. But anyhow, what I mean is one time, two times, three times, a few times. But look what's happening. Samson, as it were, is playing with his gifting. But this is what hit me. Everything that she does to him, whether he tied his arms, what have you, he can't do those things with his natural strength. I forget all the things that she does. But think about this. He's only able to do that, it says, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him, right? Right? That's what it says. Well, then it goes on to say, and, you know, it lists two or three, maybe four things that Delilah, when Delilah says, tell me your secret, tell me the secret, and he just says, do this. No. Boom. Do this. No. Boom. And it says, this did they many days. Until finally Delilah, you know, like women are, Delilah goes, Samson, if you really love me, you tell me. You know, she does her thing. You know what I mean? Oh, well. <laughs> Anyhow, and she goes and gives pulls on the emo, old emotional heartstrings until finally Samson gives up the secret of his consecration. But this is the thing that hit me. The Lord spoke to me all those years ago when I studied that. And he said, ask yourself a question. Where is Samson when all this takes place? And I said, well, Samson's, he's, you know, with Delilah. And he said, ask yourself a question. Where is he when all this is taking place? And I said, well, he's in bed with Delilah. And he asked me this over and over again. And suddenly I heard myself just say this. He asked me again. And he said, where is she? And I said these words that came in my mouth. I said, he's in bed with a whore, which is what it says she was, a harlot. And I remember instantly I just stopped and went, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because suddenly I saw instantly this truth that I said, wait a second. He's only able, this power 
that he has only happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon him. I said, now wait a second. He's in bed with her. This does this he does many days. And I said, wait a second. And all of a sudden I heard myself, like I say, I don't know, I just heard it. And I said, you're telling me the Holy Spirit is coming upon him time and time again while he's in bed with a harlot. And I really, it made me mad. I said, no, 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 because that messed up my theology. I said, no, 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 no. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, this is the problem. 